0: I didn't come to LA to be famous. The way I make noise in the industry is not because I want to be famous. It's because I want to make known that there are good people out there. You have to stop looking at the numbers. You have to stop looking at your followers, your likes, and you have to push out content and be a person in the world that is you. Because at the end of the day, you have to deal with you. You have to sleep with you. You have to be with you. So if you are pretending all day, you're never going to be really... Happy, and you're never going to really enjoy the process because you're pretending.
1: We stand today. This is method the business with the shadow. The business method. The business method podcast.
0: The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds, entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring high-performing entrepreneurs and high-caliber people dissecting their different methods, tools, and strategies so we can apply them to our businesses and lives. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And currently, we are interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business, affect income, results, economies, and cultures, especially post-COVID. Since we moved into a post-pandemic world, the landscape has changed drastically for most business owners. We're finding out what is working for the entrepreneurs out there that have positioned themselves well to make sure their businesses thrive, succeed, and continue to experience growth in this current economy. And now... Let's hop into today's show.
3: The Business Method.
2: Hey, gals and pals, listen up real quick because we have something exciting to share with you. First, for you high-performing entrepreneurs out there, we've taken the most powerful tips and tricks from over 400 episodes that our guests have shared on how to optimize their own personal performance, and we've made them into digestible micro-podcast episodes that are just two to eight minutes long. These high-performance episodes are being published on Monday and Friday each week, and will be labeled as HP number 12345678910, and so on. Those episodes are live now and they're designed for you to consume some quick, high-quality content when you only have a few minutes to spare. So be sure to subscribe to the Business Method Podcast on your favorite app so you can get those delivered to you as soon as they are live. The next thing I wanted to share with you is about our private mastermind community for established entrepreneurs. If you have an established business that has good momentum and wanted to be involved in a higher level mastermind community that is curated specifically for entrepreneurs that are moving at the same speed as you with similar challenges, revenue, team size, and business niche, then we've got a group for you. Our private mastermind groups are facilitated by myself, yours truly, and my good friend Adam Anderson. Adam is a seasoned entrepreneur who's been involved in 20 plus startups over 20 years, and recently had a multi-million dollar exit. I keep the members on track with their goals, productivity, and optimization, and Adam brings the vast business knowledge to the groups. Our purpose with this private community is to help you reach your business goals faster so you can remove yourself from your company and focus on bigger and better things. You can learn more about that private community and masterminds at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. That's thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. And now, let's hop into today's show.
0: The business method.
2: Hello listeners. Welcome to the business method podcast today, and I'm excited to welcome Lindsay Hepner to the show. Lindsay's the founder of Vamped, one of the top recognizable influencer agencies out there today. Lindsay became, a success, Lindsay became successful in the social media marketing world, starting her company Vamped more than seven years ago. Within two years ago, Vamped became, became a multi million dollar agency, adding multiple services to the brand, and she pioneered the concept of influencer tours. In the early days of influencer marketing, Lindsay quickly discovered a need in the market for managing influencers at the same time as creating and producing campaigns for global brands. To date, Lindsay and her team have executed over 1,200 successful social media campaigns. She's worked with top brands like McDonald's, Dior, BB, Harley-Davidson, Under Armour, L'Oreal, Paris, Bumble, W Hotels, Puma, Pacific Sun, American Express, and my favorite watch company, Movement. And the list goes on and on and on. Today, Actually, I should have wore my Movement watch. I didn't do that. Today, we are going to chat with her about digital entrepreneurship, social media icons, building her company around influence, influencer marketing, and her creative visionary process. Lindsay, welcome to the show. How are you today?
0: Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for
2: coming on. I'm glad to have you. Did we get your intro right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Sometimes I'm always like, wow, that's me.
2: I know. (laughs) I have that same thing. Like if somebody else writes my bio and then they read it, I'm I'm like, wow, I'm kind of cool. Like I've done some (laughs) 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 some really awesome things. And then, you know, same thing, you know, so I always like when we write our bios, create our bios, always aim to make them honest, but also flat, you know just giving some really solid facts and then it kind of warms the person up to come on the podcast so we have a good show yeah so welcome are you in is LA is that your home base
0: yeah I'm in LA for the last six years
2: is that where you're from originally or where are you originally from
0: I'm from Orange County I I grew up in Surf City Huntington Beach
2: okay very cool nice (laughs) so you're a true California girl right
0: I guess so. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up by the beach and I grew up surfing and my dad wanted a boy and he got a girl. So I feel like I've always been kind of tomboyish, but I, I always felt like the bubble of Orange County wasn't big enough for me. So mm. LA seemed seemed good.
2: Is that a better <laughs> bubble to be in for you?
0: Yes and no. I mean, yes, because there's more opportunity and I feel like people up here are really really creative and i love to create not only through my clothes or through paint but like just i like to be an outspoken like make a lot of noise kind of person and Mm -hmm. i feel like i didn't have that opportunity as much in orange county Mm -hmm. um and people out here want to meet other people and want to build their relationships and build their network and I think there's just so much more culture up here, so I really enjoy that part of it.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I love influencer marketing and digital entrepreneurship. And I don't know if you know, but we did a series, we do podcast series. So we did a hundred interviews with a hundred major influencers. And then we did another hundred interviews of people that run seven figure digital remote businesses. Mm -hmm. And so this combination that you have of influencer marketing and digital entrepreneurship really inspires me as well. Um, Just curious, like before we dive into things, why do you love these things, influencer marketing and digital entrepreneurship?
0: Um, I feel like I fell into it at the time that social media wasn't even of relevancy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just a platform to be creative and take pictures and, and be curating things. And I kind of saw an opportunity because I grew up modeling. I grew up designing for other brands. And I felt like I wanted to showcase my work on something. And at first I wanted to be a blogger for fitness because I I did a lot of fitness and I I, I'm obsessed with working out and then I was like oh my gosh this is too much work
3: Uh
0: (laughs) this is way too much work so then you know I went for my second passion which was creative directing and I always knew that I wouldn't be able to be someone's creative director unless someone at the company like died (laughs) because like back then (laughs) literally you were you know just your your heels were stuck into the ground and you were the creative right. director for like years right. and you would have to wait till they got over that position, yeah. which was never because it was such an amazing position to have. So I don't know how deep you want me to go into this, but I got into a really bad car accident um, in 2014 and that reevaluated my life mm-hmm. uh, after being like in a near-death experience. And I knew the only way I would be a creative director is if I did it myself. Yeah. So when social media was kind of um, developing, I saw this in on working with brands that I knew and my network because I was really heavily in the surf industry. So I worked with Billabong, Volcom, all these brands and I used them as an opportunity to showcase my work. Uh-huh. So I would eat, reach out to them, take their clothes, go make content, like go to Palm Springs, all these places and kind of use myself as the platform or as like the branding. And then I started getting clients to pay me to make their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And then I started working with girls in the space that had like this crazy following, which no one knew how they got it. It was just like, you know, it's almost like MySpace and stuff. Like, how did you get all these followers? Right. And then one of them actually was like, hey, can you manage me? And I was like, manage you, manage you for what, you know? And she was like, I'm getting all these emails. So I took over her account and people were just, I'll pay whatever, I'll pay whatever to have her post. (laughs) Uh And at that time it was the wild, wild west. So prices were like, whatever, we're like 600 for this, 300 for that. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't even know what we were doing. And so after I saw that you could be monetized on Instagram, I started reaching out to people that had following And I kind of just started selecting like the it girls and setting up meetings with them and telling them they could get paid on this platform. And they're like, what are you talking about? It was like asking people to get paid on MySpace. It's like, how are we getting paid, you know? So it was a really new concept and I just saw that it was gonna be booming. And then um, I noticed also that normal talent agencies didn't want these people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make my own agency with these group of girls and, and guys, it started turning into guys, but group of girls and I'm just going to be their new agent because that's where the market's going. So that's what happened like Bam, that's what Vam started being. We started, you know, creating content, we started managing influencers and then my third big concept was to bring all these influencers together and travel with them. And that was a really, really scary thing to do because at that time I had to convince people to spend a lot of money for these people to travel and no one could understand why would they do that? Why would we spend so much money?
2: What year was this?
0: 2015, 2014.
2: You're getting sponsors to sponsor the trips or the info, Mm -hmm. okay, got it.
0: Yeah, no one wanted anything to do with it. Even Mm -hmm. to uh, the, the director of movement, I had an interview with him on a pod on his podcast and he was like I remember that email he's like we were like what are you talking about (laughs) Uh he's like I remember you trying to pitch this idea and so we finally got a a client to say yes and they saw the vision and we went to Hawaii for a week with 15 people it was the biggest deal on social media Uh and so we were being um we after that it was just yeah, it blew up. And now we're, you know, 23 tri- trips later, you know, so
3: right.
0: and this is a big business for a lot of um, brands now too, uh, pack sun and revolve. And I mean, they they grew their whole business around that kind of idea.
2: Absolutely. Um, so rewinding back to the start. Um, first off, I think that's in- like, as a creative director, quote unquote, creative director, how good of a creative director um, can one be if they can't create their own way of directing creative their own creative work, right? Yeah. And so it's like the system is set up for people that want to be creative directors to work for years, not being the main creative director, then getting that job and holding on to it for so long. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to do it, you've got to use your own creativity to create some form of opportunity for you. And that's what you did, which is, you know, amazing. And before we go in more in the nuts and bolts of the business and what you do, I'd like to ask you if we can dive deeper into uh, the experience of the car crash Mm -hmm. and having a pivotable um, experience like that to shift your mindset. So, if you're open to it, talking more about that car crash, um, how close to death were you? Because we've interviewed other people that have had near death experiences, and it's pretty phenomenal their mindset shift, um, before and after, and then where their life goes. So, if, uh, if you're open to it, maybe chatting more about that.
0: Yeah, of course. You know, at that time. I had a lot of great opportunities. Um, I was head designer at a swimwear line, which I thought was my dream job. Mm-hmm. And, um, the guy that I was dating at that time, I was like, okay, this is the guy I'm going to marry. All these things were kind of just like, I guess you could say the peak of like how I felt was I'm set. Right. And then everything kind of unfolded and broke. And because of that, I got really, really depressed. And it was a moment of like, I I don't know how to get out of this depression. And it turned into a year. And honestly, I feel like the position I'm in right now, just kind of sending out knowledge to people and and even podcasting, I feel like it's always good to give back on what you know and like everything. And I, I think that is a huge reason why I started podcasting as well is because that moment of being depressed for a year, I would go on to TED Talks every single day Mm -hmm. and try to find something that was uplifting and made me feel better about myself and made me actually get up to go to work because I honestly didn't wanna live. I I was every day Mm -hmm. didn't wanna live. And the day that I got into my car accident, it was actually uh, 6 a.m. I was coming back from the gym and this car was in the intersection on my green. So he was like rolling into the intersection. He might've been on his phone or something, um, but he didn't realize that he was actually moving into the intersection. Okay. And I was driving 70 because it was the day after Christmas, you know, the day after Christmas, no one's on the road. So I was driving pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has this same kind of thing that happens is when you know that something's going to happen like that, you kind of, rewind and do this whole like my whole life is going before my eyes but in slow motion yeah and that's what was happening it was like oh my gosh like is this it like is this the moment where everything ends and I at that time was so depressed that I was okay with it you know and Mm -hmm. so I didn't break I let it happen um and I remember just letting go, just like, this is my time and I'm, I'm ready to go. And the next thing I knew, I woke up in the hospital. Um, I didn't break any bones. I fractured my C4, C5. And, you know, all my nerve system was like on fire and everything. But the doctor was shocked that I didn't die. Yeah. And he said, and I told him, I'm like, well, I didn't break. And that was the thing. He's like, if you would have broke, you'd either died or you would have been paralyzed for the rest of your life. Wow. And that's why people, when they're drunk, they survive car accidents because they're so loose and they like, don't know what's happening. And so he was like, since you didn't do anything and you didn't freak out and you didn't hold stiff and all that stuff, you actually survived your accident. Wow! So after that, I really did see in myself that I was supposed to be, be here still,
1: right. you know,
0: and I believe in God, and I believe in a higher power. And I and, and that moment, I feel like I did get saved. And that not only made me want to build the dreams and the goals that I've always wanted, but it also made me in a position to be a better person for other people. Yeah. And even to in this industry, because I used to model and I hated it, I felt so taken advantage of, Um, people wanted me to sleep with them to get ahead and all these things. And like, I just felt like, wow, this is a really dark space, you know, in this industry. And I don't want to be that for the people that I manage and the clients that I work with. I don't want to do anything that's not true and and values to who I am. And I feel like, you know, it, it takes some pretty strong people to stick up for others and to develop things and not go with the grain, but go against the grain. And I feel like I really tried to do that. And I was like, you know what, if I'm not successful for being a good person, then that's fine. But if I am that, and I make a mark on this world for being true to who I am, then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be excited about that. And I feel like ever since then, and it's been seven years now with my business, And we're known around the world as an agency. I think I did a pretty good job Mm and keeping true to myself and still being a good person. So, This is
2: the question I like to ask entrepreneurs. I think the value of a a person is definitely rooted in in the values that they hold and the morals Mm -hmm. that they hold. Um, and it sounds like you've become very good at that through the experiences that you've had. And sometimes it's our our worst suffering that makes us really rooted in those values, our hardest points in our, in our lives. Um, do you ever feel, and, and I'm asking this because I feel this at times, um, and I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years. Do you ever feel like those values are either being tested And if so, or you're reaching the boundaries of those values throughout business or engagements or partnerships you may have or people that you're uh, working with. And if so, when do you recognize that those boundaries are close or have exceeded the boundaries of, you know, your values, your ethics, and how do you kind of reroute yourself? What's your process of kind of rerouting yourself in those and then making a shift to get back on the right path?
0: I think I'm getting tested every day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, in- the industry I'm in is, is jumping hurdles.
2: <laughs> right, true.
0: And if you're not ready to jump hurdles, um, you shouldn't be in this business of any type of industry where you have to kind of showcase yourself and um, create content and be kind of out there every day. You're making people understand who you are or you're becoming an imposter and pretending all day. So I think that the hurdle is different every day, but in in some retrospect, it's like, it's testing me on like, how are you gonna take advantage of this opportunity? Or um, how are you gonna be a better person that um, helps your clients or helps your talent?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I had actually an in-person meeting with a new client yesterday, and they were shocked on like how I present myself as an agency. It was like we were just friends and we hung out and you know i got to know them and got to know their story and who they are as people and not always worried about like what is their business going to do for us you know and i was there for five hours we had breakfast and then we had lunch and then i was like am i going to be here for dinner too like you know so Uh um the approach that i do and what i want my team to do is get to know someone first And really build that relationship from the core and deep roots. And I love getting to know people's hearts and and why they do what they do. And what makes me a better business partner for them is knowing why they're doing what they're doing and and what makes them thrive and happy and excited to go on to the next day to become a successful business owner. I mean, I am so lucky that seven years later, I'm still loving what I do. Yeah. And I'm not having to pivot into some different person to actually enjoy what I love. And I think what has helped me throughout this whole process is not focusing on the money, but focusing on the the excitement of building and creating. And I've turned down a lot of work based on if the person that I'm working with even aligns with who I am, Mm -hmm. you know, because... Every single day, you have to actually work with that person, yeah. And if you don't enjoy working with that person, you are sucking the life out of yourself and having to please a person that maybe not even knows how to please themselves. Yeah. So, if if you come into a partnership with someone and they're not happy, I mean, do you want to even date them? You yeah. know, it's like it's dating and then it turns into marriage if you are you know, becoming a client with them, you talk to them every day, they, you know, they treat you a certain way. So I look at it as a relationship, as dating, can we date? Can we talk every day and enjoy dating? Yeah. And if we can't, I I don't think my time is valuable to you, because I'm going to be so I'm going to be pushing you away, I'm going to be avoiding your calls, like all this stuff. So I really do think that it's it's a dance it's a dance and if you can't dance well with your partner i don't think it's worth it
2: i agree and it's 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 so not ironic but interesting how similar dating and business is right even even the yeah. courting process and getting to know one another and then you know forming partnerships and creating long-term agreements you know and ndas and yes. everything And it's like yes.
0: oh, it's, marriage. it's the
2: exact same process
0: <laughs> exactly yeah and you know i've you know probably back then when when you know my mom was you know doing business and everything like in you know the baby boomer era you didn't have that many opportunities, you know, there wasn't as many businesses like you had to like just say yes to it. Mm-hmm. And also to the sales process was different. I mean, you were more of a schmoozer. You were, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was all like talk, talk, talk. And people really enjoyed that type of sales. Yeah. I feel like now the the whole industry is changing and people want empathy. People want you to like be overly Um, empathetic to them and understanding who they are as a human. And there's so much there's, you know, like you said, how you love movement watches. I mean, there probably used to be maybe three watches back then. Now there's you know what I mean? If I didn't get movement, I'll get this one. And and it's just I I feel like I'm not going to um, put my energy to something that doesn't give me good energy back. And the reason why I've even more become like that is because I had Lyme disease for 11 months Mm -hmm. and I cured myself from Lyme disease. And I realized when you're that sick, the toxicities the energies and and people that are around you in your environment is really really important and crucial yeah and that has to do with your friends your family your clients your business everything if everything is feeling like a sickness i was gonna definitely stay sick you know so um just knowing that health is super important that is also translated in the people I work with. Like, are you going to be healthy for me? Yeah. And if and if you're not, I I don't care how much money you have, but are you going to be healthy for me? Because I will. I want healthy people around me.
2: You know, the one thing that I think digital entrepreneurship and the internet has really opened up is we've we've seen more opportunities to operate as collaborators and not. Uh, so much as competitors and in the Mm -hmm. old days you know you were in you had one city that you were working and living in um, and it was competitive to be the uh, creative director or competitive to be the top salesman or competitive to start a new business and you always have you know the the old story of your enemy or your your, uh, nemesis right that you competed against and you you worked really hard and they worked really hard and then you came out on top and then you were the successful one but now it's like because we have so many opportunities with the internet we can collaborate and we can say hey i i don't like working with this person um i know not that they're a bad person always or a bad company it's just not the best fit for us and there's you know multiple multiple other avenues that you can go down and you can find um which leads me to it's like you mentioned that there's there's a lot of dark spaces in the influencer industry when i um told a friend of mine that I was going to interview a hundred major influencers. He looked at me and he was like, I mean, influencer, he goes, influencers, aren't that interesting. Why are you going to spend two years interviewing? <laughs> and I'm like, I love influencers. I think they're some of the most interesting people in the world. And we all have a significant amount of influence, whether we know it or not. And we're applying that in our lives. And I want to get behind the science of people that do that ethically on a, uh, a big level, a large level. So. I'd love to chat about maybe some of the dark spaces that you see in the industry, uh, the challenges, you know, being in LA, you probably see it much more than I'm in Austin. So it's a much different scene. Um, some of the challenges of working with that and then, and how you maintain staying away from that or staying out of that and making sure the people you work with aren't going down those rabbit holes. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, of course, I I think starting off in LA and going down the wrong rabbit hole is really, really easy when you're younger and not picking up the signs or picking up people's like motives to be around you and the opportunities that they see that you don't see. And I think it only took with age, um, understanding that not everyone is out for your best intentions, right? They're out for their own intentions. And LA has a lot of amazing people. And LA has a lot of very scary people. And I think just being a little bit more aware of okay, why? Why am I having this conversation with this client or this talent or this person? And what are their goals? What are their motives? And who are they becoming and who are they hanging out with? And and I and I truly believe that your circle is who you are, mm-hmm. you know, so just understanding that in itself and knowing who hangs out with who and, and who's around who, you can kind of get a sense of, are they a good person or are they not? Because if they're praising this person, then they're obviously very similar. Right. So um, I, I vet a lot of people, especially for talent management. I vet people because I want to, I'm a very much a momager. Like I am.
2: Momager. I've never heard that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I am a momager. Uh I'm the, I'm the, the girl that all the talent come to, if they're sick, if they need help with like a birthday, you know, I have really become that kind of person to my talent and Mm I really do enjoy it because I love helping others. Um, but when that com- with with that comes with me understanding, okay, the relationship that I have with my talent, are they very much in line with who I am? Like we like we said, you know, in previous conversation, and you know, people are very good at wearing a mask, but that mask wears off, you know, after a couple months, no matter who you are. And that's when you see true colors. Mm -hmm. And for business, it's not worth it. Once that mask comes off and you show me who you really are, I'm either over it, you know? So uh, influencers, you know, most influencers nowadays are very vulnerable in the space and they show more who they are and there's no fakeness around it. But there still are influencers that are, you know, either are separating it or they're not separating it and they've turned into their alter ego mm-hmm. and they've become this person because the media wants them to become that person. Right. And sometimes it's really hard for me to um, communicate with those kind of people because it's not really who they are. And it's really hard for me to have small talk. It's hard for me to have surface conversations or anything that's like one layered because I'm a very deep layered person. So I try to steer away from those people that are in my community. And they're more of a, you know, if my client wants to work with them, that's fine. But the community that I've built is more deep layered people.
2: Right, I like that. Um, Let's talk more about influencer marketing, the the good side of it, the light side of it, right? Mm Um, and I saw some stats on your website, on Vamped website. Ninety-two percent of consumers trust recommendations from influencers over an ad or celebrity endorsements, which I think is pretty impressive. And these are generally probably influencers yeah. that they're they're following, correct? People that they've um, gained some trust with, or that they've they've decided to trust, right? And um, and they'll they'll follow those recommendations. Um, you also said on the website eleven times higher ROI from influencer marketing over traditional forms of marketing, um, which is a really impressive stat. Uh, because in traditional forms of marketing, are, are you uh, is that statistic come from you know maybe direct sales marketing or, or door you to know, door, door to door. <laughs> um, you know um, what are the flyers, put the flyers in the mail, add the flyers in the mail and send them out. That not a lot of people <laughs> do anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's why I see like from an early age, I saw the, the, the power of influence Um, And getting to the customers and clients, but also building a a movement or a tribe um, of people that are kind of following this, this influencer or you yourself, if you are an influencer. And um, and it's easy to, you know, like the thing I love about personal brands is that um, if you're into something. And you have a following, and you have a network, and you have a tribe of people that are following you. Um, and then the next week you're into something else. You can talk about that, and then get to your whole your whole tribe to follow that, whatever you're into at the time. Maybe it's ice baths or, or makeup or clothes or travel or whatever it may be. Um, and then it, some somewhere around 255 million is spent on influencer marketing every month. Is that in the U.S. or is that globally? Do you know?
0: Globally. Globally,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. A- and it's I supposed
0: am- to be. It's supposed to be, I guess, in a year, because I, I had a conversation with a, a brand yesterday mm-hmm. about $2 trillion in the next year or two globally. Yeah, it. So yeah. it's it's going to be insane. And, you know, the thing is with social our influencers and, and how they influence more is like, it's a perfect example of why reality TV does so well. Yeah. People feel more connected to those kind of people than famous people because famous people are put on a pedestal. It's something that you want to some, in some way achieve or be like, you know, Mm -hmm. you aspire to be, but people like reality stars, the reason why they have such high purchasing power is because you are looking at yourself in the mirror. You know, you're like, I am that person. I do day drink. I do get crazy, you know, like, And you relate yourself to that person, which means if they're purchasing, let's say, stuff from Target, you're like, I I shop at Target. Uh Oh, my gosh. Yes. I want to get that candle, too, because that is me. I'm seeing myself. So the reason why they are so much more of building up consumer purchasing and every purchase power is because. Uh you are able to relate to someone you are able to see their flaws, and you can digest that, right? Whereas when someone who is a celebrity, you can't connect with them, I, I can't connect knowing you have a Ben's Rolls Royce outside your your house, like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm doing. I'm living in the Midwest. And, you know, my kid needs diapers from, you know, from Walmart, like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, they'd rather trust an influencer then trust a celebrity who they can't connect with.
2: Yeah. For people that are, well, everybody kind of follows an influencer, whether they realize it or not. But for people that are, what are some things you would tell people, Lindsay, to say when you are looking to trust an influencer and buy what they recommend or do what they recommend, What are seeing some things to look for, to make sure that we know that it's a, a good influencer to follow. You know what I mean? Like, is it, uh, be- yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because there's a lot of sloppy influence out there. Right. Um, what are some things to look for, for, uh, to know, like, okay, this is a, a person I I'm pretty sure that I can trust and, um, I'm going to follow that person.
0: I think if you're following someone after a while and you realize that suddenly they're just promoting every single product under the sun and you know, it's not, you know, organic. I think that's when you know, like, okay, this person isn't really like they're, they're doing it for the money. Right. And, and that, only works for, that only works for so long because the fact that people want real truth and there is a lot of influencers actually now that only will support a product if they really like it and they believe in it. And so that he, holds value to a lot of their audience mm-hmm. that they know this influencer is only showcasing products they actually would use day to day. So I think you can kind of read the BS after a while. We've, we've been on this platform for a good amount of time now. And those people I think are going away and they don't have as much purchasing power now as the people that are actually been since day one, believable and honest about what they promote.
2: If you were starting out from zero, Lindsay, knowing what you know now, what would you do to start over? Building a, a new business, new influence, da 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 da. Where would you start? <laughs>
0: Someone actually asked me six months ago to start their own agency and I, like help them, and I was like, uh, "I'm good."
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a <laughs> that's a big project to undertake. I'm good. <laughs> right. yeah.
0: yeah. I'm exhausted. <laughs> um. Yeah, you have to have a lot of skin in the game to start over. Um. Well you know, we're, we're always building and developing new things and new brands and partnerships. And it's always been a fun ride for me to start new things, uh, you know, developing new things. But I think this year more than ever, it doesn't matter how big your following is. You are an influencer. If you are on social media, you are influencing somebody, you know, if you, you want to know, know that or not, you are an influencer and you don't have to have a million followers to be an influencer. Um, every single influencer started off with 10 or 20, you know, followers, but all those followers are people that are like, I want to watch you. I want to know what you do. I want to be influenced by you. So I think this is the perfect time to brand yourself. And I really feel like it's really important in 2021 to be the forefront of your business, because when people understand who you are, they will believe anything you purchase, anything you're promoting. So if you are promoting that book or you are promoting, you know, your new clothing line or whatever, if they fall in love with you, they're going to fall in love with everything you you have behind you. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like that is what's changing is like, stop putting your brand in front and being like, don't look at me. Don't look at, me. you know what yeah. I mean? This is what you need to look at. This shiny toy. Stop doing that. You need to put it behind you go, oh, and guess what? I also have this. Yes. You
3: know.
1: I like that.
0: So, um I really feel that's that's what's important nowadays and people are always so worried on how do I start? How do I do this? Just start. Like, you know, you're going to develop into something else anyways. You know, no matter how you start, you develop into something. So, if you're a caterpillar right now, guess what? The only way is up and you turn into a butterfly. So, you just need to push content out, whatever that looks like, but at least people are aware that you're doing something, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have to be perfect. I think even to what social media, media has shown us is imperfection is actually better. I hmm. see all these girls that are coming out showing, you know, that they have zits, that they don't want to be face tuned anymore and how beautiful that is. So I really think that's the same thing as branding. It's like, Okay, maybe you don't have a team behind you, but you still are human and you still know how to represent yourself. You walk outside every day and you introduce yourself to new people. Why can't you do that on your platform that you have for free? And a lot of people don't take advantage of what's free in front of them. Think about how we had to do marketing before we literally had to knock on doors and hope the door didn't slam in our face. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So now you have this, yeah, you have this platform where you don't even have to go outside your house. You can still be in your PJs and promote your shit. Yeah. You know, Facebook and
2: Instagram's knocking on the doors for you. yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So like, think of how, how far we've come and how much you have this like safety net. You know what I mean? You you can hide from the world. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think people really take enough advantage of the opportunity they have in front of them.
2: You know who I, uh, a global brand that I think has done a really good example of what you're talking about is is the ufc and so if you compare like the ufc to nfl right um everybody yeah. that knows anything about the UFC knows who the ceo and founder of the ufc is in fact you can hop on social media you can follow him and see all these mm-hmm. clips on youtube instagram any social media platform Uh, The UFC founder, Dana White, is in there um, introducing the guys that are going to fight, pre-fights. He's at every fight. He's there talking to the fighters. And he has done an amazing job at letting um, everybody into his world. And he's very transparent about everything. He's, You know, when people ask him about, hey, could you get this fight together? He's like, nah, that's not one we can get together. Or, yeah, that's (laughs) one we tried to get together, and those guys just couldn't make it happen for whatever reason. And he's very... And he's done a great job at that. Nobody knows who's running the NFL. Like, unless you're like an NFL, like super fan, right? Yeah. You know, what's going on behind the scenes of the NFL? Nobody knows. And that's the the power of influencer marketing when you can um, say, like, I want my favorite brands in the world, I want to know who's running movement. I want to know what they're doing. You know, I want to listen to their podcast. I want to listen to vamps podcast. I want to figure out, you know, how Lindsay builds her business, this sort of thing, how Dana White builds, you know, such a global brand as a UFC. And, um, it's, it, it, it creates like a stronger, authentic connection, right? You can relate to totally. it. Like, I feel like I know Dana White cause I love the UFC. I love jujitsu and what's going on with it, but I, I don't know what's going on with the NFL or any other sports exactly. industry.
0: You, exactly. Um, it's so funny you say Dana, because my best guy friend is his best friend. I grew oh, wow. up in the UFC world. So oh, cool. that, yeah. I mean that, yeah, that came out of Huntington. So all those people I know very well and um, exactly. I think that was actually a great, great reference. And Mm -hmm. when you know someone and their values and know who they are, it's like everything they do already about, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So anything he presents to you, you're like, oh, well, I know what kind of person he is. So I know why this, why he's doing this and, and you know, what his, direction um, directions going to be for it and who he's going to showcase this to and who he's going to work on and everything. So that's exactly how I feel about business. And that's how I built Vamped too, is uh, not only more than ever, I've been pushing myself out there, but mm-hmm. Vamped has always been pushed out as a brand. I never looked at my agency as an agency where I hide behind the influencers and the clients we work with. I'm like, right. you're going to know Vamped. And then you're going to know who we work with. So I've always been pushing the agency as a brand marketing really heavy, like monster, that kind of stuff. So I was like, bam, bam, you're going to remember this name. Uh-huh. And then you're going to be like, what do they do? So, and now in 2021, I'm like, okay, now you're going to know Lindsay
1: uh-huh.
0: and you're going to know that I'm associated with Vamp. So yeah, it's been kind of like just opening up more and more layers of or more that vamps associated
2: with Lindsay. not that you're yeah right yeah that's how it goes
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh can i ask you who's your favorite
2: who's your favorite ufc fighter of all time
0: um you know what actually i've always loved i mean we're actually putting a podcast together with rampage jackson i love Mm -hmm. rampage i love Forrest. um i'm a huge conor mcgregor fan um who else? Uh, I think that's about it. I mean, my my really good friend Tiki, I've seen him develop into this amazing manager. He now, you know, manages all these um, big fighters and stuff because he used to be a fighter. And he's actually a perfect example of how a lot of influencers, even though at that time he was an influencer, he was just a celebrity, he'd have to show face of like this person I would hate when he was in, in character. Like I would tell him, mm. I'm like, I can't stand your character, <laughs> you know? Um, and he would laugh because he had to do it. Like people knew him for this persona. Uh-huh. And I was like, I love the person behind the scenes, the person that's like so empathetic and so helpful and will do anything for you. And that is a lot of times really hard to separate because. Yeah you are known for that. And even two of these influencers, they're known for that. So they feel like when they meet you in person, they also have to be that person, you know, and, and that's where I'm, I, I feel like I really do enjoy the transparency and authenticity of like vamps is because I want people to know that what they see and and what we're pushing out there and things look happy and amazing is also what you're going to get when you see us. Yeah. You know, like you're going to get the real me.
2: Yeah.
1: You're
0: not going to get this like suddenly I'm a different person. Yeah. And I think that that's the new business.
2: I love that you guys have created, um, and I think it's your idea specifically, but events, um, travel events, travel tours for influencers. Mm -hmm. And I was checking out some of the videos and you've got like 20, over 20 trips now um, where you get the influencers and you take them, you know, to the Philippines or Vegas or Iceland and all these cool places. I think um, that's yeah. a, the, a genius idea and one that I think the influencer world should embrace more of because it just seems like a great thing to do. Um, a couple of different things. I, I'm curious, is that was that your idea, Lindsay? Did you come up with that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I was talking about in 2014 when we went mm-hmm. on our first trip. Yeah, that was what that's what it is. Yeah. Have, yeah. You ever,
2: have you ever thought about making that into we talked about reality shows? But as I was watching your videos, I was like, uh, these are amazing. And if they were reality shows, they could reach even more people skyrocket the influencers influencers that they were doing. I'm just curious if that's something that you thought about. I watched this, um this reality show called too hot to handle. To handle, yes. To handle. Did, did you see it? Did yeah. you see it? Yeah.
0: It's yeah, a ridiculous yeah. show. We, I, uh...
2: Go ahead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the one of the girls on there? We were actually um, trying to work with on getting her own podcast. Um, uh huh. But yeah, no. We we actually were approached a while back for a pilot. Actually, so we did like two months of actually shooting for a pilot for the show Oh, um that would travel influencers around the world yeah um but the thing is is like with that experience i mean i was already hesitant to do it
1: yeah with that
0: experience comes a lot of uh manipulation of actually what you're projecting because it's a scripted reality is scripted yeah it's not yeah and And I understand why, I mean, they want everything to have like drama and all these things that are happening, but the audience doesn't realize that. And they think it's real. Yeah. And you are either, you know, demonized after, and we were already, people were finding out that we were doing a pilot and I was already getting hate mail because some of the influencers that we were working with, they, they already had backlash because, um, a few of them were actually already on reality TV. So it was infiltrating into like my emails. Mm. And I had called the casting director and I was like, look, I don't know if I want this person to be on our show because they're already, I'm already getting death threats. And we haven't even started. Right. And he's like, oh, this is just this world. And I was like.
2: That doesn't sound fun. Yeah,
0: I'm good. Like I, it's just not who I am. I don't want that kind of. Press and and I and that's once again kind of opportunities that you kind of have to either decide do you want this in your life or do you not do you yeah. want to be happy and healthy or do you want to have to look over your shoulder have this deep gut feeling of like oh my god I, I feel uncomfortable all day yeah I just didn't want any of that I I don't think it's worth it and kudos to ever who for whoever can actually deal with that process of um uh limelight or whatever but i i can't personally deal with that i i can't deal with that kind of hate coming at me for no reason yeah and it is it is a certain person that can that can go through that and and kind of block that out i can't block that out
2: well that's another good example of your boundaries you know being approached or your boundaries being crossed a bit and you say okay I've got to back out of this Mm -hmm. uh, because it's just not in alignment with who I am as a person and people people respect that in the long run without a doubt yeah I
0: don't want to be famous you know what I mean Mm -hmm. there's a difference I didn't come to to LA to be famous
2: yeah you're looking I came to go ahead oh I was just gonna say you're you're (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, you're looking for influencers, and you want to be an influencer to, that doesn't want to be famous, right? So yeah. That's the key. You want to work with people mm-hmm. like that, right? And you want to be that type of person—influencers that don't seek fame.
0: Exactly. There is a difference. Um, I think people probably are listening or like, isn't it the same thing? No, it's not, no. because. I didn't come to LA to be famous. I didn't come to LA or start this business to, and the way I make noise in the industry is not because I want to be famous. It's because I want to make known that there are good people out there. And I wanted to build a community of good people that doesn't mean I want to be famous. You know, that doesn't mean I want paparazzi outside my door and I want to be on okay. Magazine and all those things. No, I don't want that. I want to share my knowledge. I want to get out there in a way where I want to help others. And that has nothing to do with, can you, can you put me in a movie, you know? So there is, there is a difference in that
2: I think you just gave me the title to the podcast the value of fame versus the <laughs> value of influence right yeah completely I love that different things yes very cool um I love that. yeah thank you um well we need instead of reality tv which is scripted and not reality we need authentic, authentic tv th- right yeah.
0: <laughs> which is never gonna happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't know maybe never say never it might happen one of these days right um well, I think that made a great show. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Any tips, any wisdom you want to drop on us before we wrap up?
0: Um, I just want anyone who's listening to know that it's okay to be yourself. I think a lot of people have a really, really hard time um, thinking that they're going to be accepted for their quirkiness or their weird ideas. And There is a community out there who's going to appreciate all of that. And you have to stop looking at the numbers. You have to stop looking at your followers, your likes, your numbers, and you have to push out content and be a person in the world that is you. Because at the end of the day, you have to deal with you. You have to sleep with you. You have to be with you. So if you are pretending all day, you're never going to be really happy. And you're never going to really enjoy the process because you're pretending. So I think no matter what, you have to know that whatever you enjoy, whatever you want to become is going to happen. You just, you have to be patient. I really believe it's patience and just enjoy it. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah.
2: It's a great way to wrap up the show, Lindsay. If the listeners want to learn more about you and vamped and revamped and all the things you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at?
0: Um, So you can find us at vamped.com. It's V-A-M-P-P-E-D.com. And it's the same on Instagram and uh, YouTube. And the podcast I started where we talk with other influencers and other business owners in the space, the digital space, is Revamped Podcast. And then my personal is Linz Heppner, L-I-N-Z Heppner. And yeah, that's it. (laughs)
2: Lindsay. it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show i've really enjoyed the conversation and learning more about what you guys do and diving deeper into the subject of influence thank you so much
0: yeah of course
2: listeners thank you guys for tuning in once again and we'll see you all on the next episode goodbye everybody Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our six-, seven-, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at TheBusinessMethod.com. That's TheBusinessMethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.